All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Tim, hi, Tim. Hi, John. How's the week going? Oh, it's going swimmingly. Really, really good. Except our connection's a little slow. Hopefully, it doesn't ruin the show. What did you think of the Wednesday episode, uh, uh, Tim, with Al? <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I tried to listen to it again, too, and I was just like, this is the worst episode ever. I apologize to all the listeners out there. I, I tried to keep them focused. I tried to keep it on point, but he was just so distracted, and I just felt like he was he was just having a conversation with me. Like he's the type of guy who'll just FaceTime you when he's driving in the car just to say hi. And he <laughs> he doesn't really know how to like have like a conversation, so a grown up like, conversation, an adult conversation. Yeah, it was just like Al, focus, come on, like let's let's go. It's like you know, come on, come on, come on. And he just was, he's drinking a beer, having a good time, doing his fantasy draft, watching the twins game, probably playing a game on his phone, then doing an interview. It was, it had potential, but it needs work. So anyways. Well, he was on the show two years ago when you first started out. It was one of your first guests and he was awesome then. He was telling stories and cracking jokes. Like he was definitely all in at the time. There was no distractions. He is like a little kid. You nailed it where there was no distractions and that was the only thing he had to focus on. But man, he was just all over the place. I think he forgot we were recording. He just like he would just freeze for like a good ten seconds. I'm like, ow, hey. Anyways, no never respect. Again. No never respect. Again. So, what have you been up to, Tim? <laughs> good week. Yeah, sure week, which was nice having the, the long weekend on Monday. So yeah, good week. Nothing crazy you were, to report. I, I saw you were hanging out with a former teammate of mine. Yes. Yeah. 
the famous Jove. Yeah, we went to a uh, young professional event last night at one of the wineries nearby um, and talked and hung out. Looked like it was pretty packed in that pitch you sent me. It was just you and two other guys and nobody else to be found. Was it just not a successful event or what? No, it was good. We were just like off to the side to take the picture, but it was like probably 30 people there. So when you go to an event like that, young entrepreneurs, young business people, are you there to market? Are you there to network? Are you there to try to pick up some some mamacitas? No, it's like a it's like a networking and like social event, social outing. I mean, always meet people and meet some interesting people. Hear what's but going on. In the city. You're not you're not not looking for future Mrs. Wurzberger. John, there's a time and place. I'm not going to this chamber of commerce event. It's not the. It's oh, not you're the too right good, You're too good for that. No, no. I mean, um, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, you're too good to to try to flirt with a girl at a chamber of commerce meeting. What's your deal, Tim? How how about some hockey, John? Huh? No one wants to hear about this. The listeners are invested in your life, and they want to know more about you and your dating profile. What does your Tinder profile say? Did you hear who just won the uh, the Selkie trophy? Paul, handsome, likes to role play um, World War II movies. What's your favorite World War II movie? Band of Brothers. Oh, Band of Brothers. You should you should watch it. Vince Vaughn, classic line from Wedding Crashers. I don't I think so. no. Band of Brothers. Anyways, okay. So yeah, Selkie. Uh Sean Couturier. What what are your thoughts? Are you a little upset that your your Golden Boy didn't win the award for the tenth consecutive year? No, I'm I'm glad O'Reilly didn't win it because he just wins everything right now. So cool for cool for Couturier. First time he's won it, I think. I know he's been nominated before. Um and I'm sure it won't be the last. He's still pretty young. He's you know, mid to late twenties, so uh cool for him and yeah, that's about it. I'm not worried about Bergeron. He's 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 won plenty. It's funny with that Philadelphia Flyers team. If you were to ask me five years ago how that team would look in five years, I would have been convinced that their core players right now would be Wayne Simmons, Sean Couturier, and Van Riemsdyk. And it's still Giroux. It's still Voracek. And Couturier is there, but they really haven't reloaded like a lot of the other teams during that because they, they've been good for a long time. Yeah, like they went. They went to the Stanley Cup final. I don't know how many years ago. It must have been five, four or five years ago, if not longer. I think it was 2015. So they they've had pretty much the same core throughout, and they haven't really gained. Like they had that Patrick. I don't know. He hasn't really panned out too much. They haven't had that new wave of young good prospects come across like other teams have. So it's interesting. Good for Couturier. He's a good player. He's, I didn't realize how young he was. But, yeah, he's definitely in the mold of a Bergeron. He's in the mold of that really good defensive forward who is starting to figure out his offensive game and putting up some really, really good numbers. So that bodes well for the Flyers. And he's the type of player for that town. He's a hard yeah. worker. He puts his work boots on, and he just does things the right way. And, you know, he gets in people's faces. He fights sometimes. He's just got that attitude. Phillies, the Flyers love them some fights. They do. They really do. I remember one of my my best moments. Sorry to cut you off, Tim, about some boring story. 
one of my best moments in Philly was I was just challenging the Philadelphia Flyer bench and no one stepped up and they had some semi-tough guys, but it just made me so happy when I was just, the whole crowd was booing me and I was looking at the Flyer bench like, what are you going to do? Like, it was just so great. I go to the penalty box, I get like a beer dumped on me. I go back to my bench, someone threw a, a cup of chew on me, spit all over my shoulder. And I was like, this is the best game of my life. It was it was so great. I was just chirping all the fans. It was stuff like that. It's just it just kind of warms the heart when you hear the Philly fans because <laughs> you know they're really just like dying inside because I think they might have had Josh Gratton. He was like this scrappy kid. They might have had Carcillo. I don't know who they had, but no one really, really tough. That was before they had Rose Hill. I think Jody Shelley had gone. And they didn't really have a heavy. So I was just like licking my chops when I went in there. Was Sestito there for that night? He probably was, that puss. He, uh, <laughs> he wouldn't fight me if I had like a broken left arm. Anyways, he probably was. Joke. What were you going to say, Tim? I don't remember. You don't um, remember. It's no, he is, Couturier is good. My, my comment there is just he's, he's like Bergeron, but he's got a meaner side to his game. Uh, that Bergeron doesn't yes. have. He's got. Which I a, think is a good, yeah. good asset to have. Do yep. you wish Bergeron had a little bit of an edge, or just kind of Marshawn? Just he doesn't need to do that because he's got Marshawn. Yeah, you nailed it. Marshawn takes care of that. Uh, and sometimes I wonder how Bergeron even puts up with Marshawn. Like it's it's just like it's like big brother little brother thing. And Bergeron's just such a professional, wants to play the game. And Marshawn's just like maybe the best chirper, trash talker in the league right now. Um, and he's always just just getting his nose dirty with stuff. Well, Boston, if you, if you look at their team, they really are quite just cordial and gentlemanly. They have Krejci, who doesn't really do much. They have Bergeron. Chara is pretty well behaved. Like he gets upset yeah. twice or three times a year and just kind of goes incredible Hulk on somebody. But for the most part, he's pretty reserved on the ice. Then you have Marshawn, even Adam McQuaid. Like when he was there, he was really quiet for like a supposed tough guy. He just never talked. Didn't I wonder if he – when guys don't talk, I wonder if their teeth are all yellow and busted up. That's what I always saw. I'm like, why don't you chirp more? Are you embarrassed about your teeth or something? <laughs> I don't know. I just that – that's, that's what I think about on the bench when I, <laughs> when I wasn't playing. Like, why aren't you chirping, man? If I were you, I'd be chirping everybody. But I don't know. Yeah, Marshawn, I guess, carries the weight on that team as far as the, the dirt, dirt bag Marshawn that he is. Anyways, so – there's four teams left in the Stanley Cup Finals, Tim. Can you name them? I sure can. You want me to? Yeah, go ahead. The Dallas Stars, the Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, and New York Islanders. How'd I do? You did great. So they've all they played two games. The Stars and the Golden Knights are currently in the uh, third game, about to start the second period. They're tied 0-0. Their series is tied 1-1. The Lightning have a 2-0 lead on the Islanders after squeaking out the game last night, scoring with nine seconds left, Kucherov. Yep. What what a heartbreaking loss for the Islanders on that one. But Kalorn gets a boarding penalty. He's suspended one game, so we'll see if that tips the scales for the Islanders in the upcoming game. I, had, I was going to pose you an interesting question. I'm still going to. I think the obvious favorites now are the Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning to make the Stanley Cup final. If you were a betting man, you would most likely bet on those two teams. Yep. For the other two teams, let's start with the New York Islanders. What do they need to do to get back into this series and to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, I think a couple of things. I think they need to contain Tampa better, and, and they're, they're playing to Tampa's uh, pace right now. They need to take their game and shove it back in their faces. So I think just not marching to their tune uh, and playing on their heels a little bit. 
I think they need to do better um, on special teams, power play, and penalty kill. I think that's what that's what's killed them a little bit so far. Missed opportunities, especially on the power play. Um, and it sounds simple, but score. They're not really scoring right now, and they need their guys to step up. This is this is kind of a big game, I think. Tomorrow night, game three for them would be Barzal. What's he going to do with his team? You know, back against the wall, down two nothing. You can't go down three nothing if you want a chance of moving on. So. What's he going to do to elevate his game, and will he carry his team onto a uh, a victory there? That's something to watch. Yeah, that's. I think I think you hit on some points that are correct, and you totally swung and missed on some other points. Um, I think they are playing their game. If if you watched last game, I think they did control the pace. They like Tampa Bay only mustered twenty shots on net twenty one, whereas Tampa or uh, the Islanders had twenty eight shots. So they outshot them. I think they outplayed them. The point you nailed was their power play. I, I think early in that game, Kalorn gets that major penalty, gets kicked out. He gets a five-minute misconduct. They don't capitalize on that penalty. I think once you don't score on a five-minute penalty, it gives the other team such an amazing boost that it, it's it's just hard to recover after that, especially in the playoffs, especially when you're down one nothing, especially in the first period where you could use this to kind of just set the tone for the rest of the game, and they don't take advantage of that. So after that, it just seemed like they were playing from behind. And then the same thing happens in the third period where they have two back-to-back power play opportunities where Tampa Bay takes two penalties, boom, boom, back-to-back, literally have a four-minute power play. It overlaps for a little bit where they get a five-on-three for just a, a tiny little bit, and they don't capitalize. That takes them to the midway of the third period. It's like if you have these opportunities and you're playing a high-powered offense, a great team like Tampa Bay, you need to stick a puck in the net to win the game. You're playing good. Your fourth line put a goal in for you. You're keeping up with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You need to produce. Like it's on their top guys. You need the Brock Nelsons. You need the Barzells. I think that that falls on their plate. If they can get their power play going, they will compete in this series. But to now, like they, they've done absolutely nothing. They went 0 for 4, 0 for 5 last game with a five-minute power play, and you have nothing to show for it. So I don't know. Last game was a perfect example of a game they should have won and they didn't. If I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, I am upset that I didn't play my best, but I'm also happy because we're up 2 nothing. So it's, it's concerning if I'm an Islanders fan and I'm at Barry Trotz. I don't know. I would – maybe mix up the power play a bit, switch to scheme. Whenever you're struggling on the power play, the best thing you can do is just go low to high, throw the puck on the net, get a greasy goal, bank it in off a shin pad, get a rebound, do something to kind of pop that cherry on the power play because it just doesn't seem to be working so far in this series. But they, it's there. They have Tampa Bay playing their game. I think they played the perfect game last night. They just didn't um, – the cards didn't fall the way they, they wanted them to. And, yeah, Tampa gets a goal with nine seconds left. So – I don't know. It would be exciting if Tampa can. I know I, I want to say if the Islanders can make this a series, but with Tampa winning that game, I don't know. I, I think they're in a tough one here to even make it a decent series. I think Tampa, like we said before, I think I picked Tampa in five or six. I picked I them think, in five. Yeah. I think they'll be lucky to see a game six, the New York Islanders at this point. So I don't know. Game three, like predictions got thrown out the window all the time. Game three is crucial. Obviously if they lose game three, it's over series over. If they win, you know, we we got something to talk about. All right, Tim, moving on. What do the Dallas stars need to do to win this series, to move on to the Stanley cup finals? What an exciting Stanley cup. That would be Dallas versus the New York Islanders. Oh, the ratings, <laughs> the ratings 
What do they need roof. to do the Stars? Uh, it sounds silly and simple, but they need to score. Right now they have one goal across two games, so they, they, need, to, they need to score. They need their, their goal scorers to step it up. That's Ben, that's Sagan, that's Radulov, Heiskanen and Klingberg on the back end. They need those guys to put, put the puck in the net because if they don't, they're not going to have a chance to win this, obviously. Uh, they've done a pretty good job matching Vegas uh, in terms of puck possession, in terms of shots on net, in terms of uh, not letting in too much. They lost three nothing last game, but it wasn't. It was it was closer than the score indicated. I think so. Um, I think they just need to. They need their guys to step it up. Hopefully, Pavs, good friend of the show, uh, finds the back of the net. And I think I think they're due for a big one. They're going to have a game where they're going to win like five to two. Uh, and hopefully it's tonight if they if they want to win this series because again if they go down two to one three to one it's going to be hard to come back against this Vegas team. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. I, I think there, I can expand on that a little bit. Where people forget Vegas has only scored three goals in two and a half games, so it's not like they've been lighting the lamp and burning things on fire. So I do think this has been a defensive series so far. Vegas only scored their three goals in an eight minute span in game two. So it's not like they were just on fire the whole game, but already in this game three, Vegas is all over Dallas in the first period. The shots I think are 12 to four, 12 to five. Vegas is rolling on them right now. I think Dallas needs to just change up their philosophy just a little bit. They need to loosen the reins on the big guys a little bit and maybe give them a little more freedom to just be a little bit more risky. I feel like if you're just hoping Vegas makes a mistake to capitalize and score and that's how you're going to win the game you're you're going to be in trouble because vegas they come at you wave after wave like we said they have four good lines and they don't let up they're they're a very experienced team they've been here before and they know how to win so i think maybe you just give your defenseman a little bit more room we, i saw it in game one alexiak was up in the rush heiskanen was up in the rush maybe give them just a little bit more rope pinch a little bit more you know be a little bit more daring through the neutral zone, jump up a little bit, pinch in the offensive zone. I don't know. Just to just to compete a little bit more with Vegas because if you're constantly getting punched in the face and hoping that the other team's going to make a mistake, oh, he's, he's going to slip his guard and I, I can knock him out. It's not going to happen. You're just going to get punch drunk and you're going to lose a series and you're going to be like, whoa, we didn't even give it a puncher's chance. We just sat there and got punched in the face for five, six games. So I, um, I hope the coach just, just says, you know what, boys, Sagan, Ben, Radulov, Pavelski, Perry, all you guys, just go. Just go for a period. See how it goes. And then if it doesn't work, we can kind of rein it back in. But if it does work and Vegas gets put on their heels, maybe, you know, we switch it up a little bit more. We can have bursts where we play crazy. Then we can pull, pull it back in for five minutes. Just do segments. I've done that before on teams where the coach is like, okay, the first 10 minutes defense, we're pinching like crazy. We're going to pressure them. We're going to keep them hemmed in. And we're going to go nuts. For this 10 minutes, we're going to back up. We're going to see what they do. You can kind of mix it up and get the other team off guard. And what you notice is if that team's used to you pinching, they're going to turn it over. They're going to be nervous that you're coming down. They're going to make turnovers. They're going to do plays that they're not usually, you know, going to do because they're thinking you're pinching, you're getting pressured, this and that. So you can play mind games with teams that way. It's just um, it takes a coach who is confident in his players to enact that game plan. So I'd like to see Rick Bonus change it up a little bit. He's got a veteran team. They know how to play. They're not stupid. So I don't know. I think Dallas needs to do that because if they don't, like I said, they're just going to get punched to death by Vegas. Vegas is just too strong and they're too big. You got to kind of mix it up and keep them on their toes. Don't you think, Tim? I I do. I think that would be fun to see. And I I think that's probably the right step they need to take because, for example, Tyler Sagan, guess how many goals he has in this playoffs? 
He's got one or two. I know that. He's got two. Seven, two goals, seven points in 17 games. That is not good enough. This is supposed to be one of your superstars. So he needs to step up. And I think probably, like you said, that, that has to come from him just being let off the leash. I don't think he plays well in like in a, in a defensive scheme or a trap game. He needs to be just flying up and down the ice for him to be effective. So uh, maybe they give him the green light tonight. Maybe that's that's his way of uh, uh, maybe that's the way that he breaks out. If I were Dallas, I'd throw him on the fourth line and bench him, wake him up or something, give him a shake because he gets he gets good minutes every single night. It's not like he's a defensive liability, but if you're getting first line minutes, you need to produce. You know what I mean? You need to get more than a point every other game. And I'm sure his points came on like a second assist or like a junk goal nobody needed. So he needs to do more. I said this in a podcast a couple weeks ago. He needs to do more in order for them to be successful, in order for them to make a run at the cup. All right, moving on. There's been a lot of talk about the salary cap. It's going to be a flat cap this year. I think it's set at 81.5. The low salary cap is 60.3. So that means teams have to be above 60, below 81. I was looking at all the teams and their cap space, what teams are probably going to do and what teams need to do. And an interesting phenomenon is coming out where the cap is 81.5. Without revenue, without gates, without money, without ticket sales, teams are not going to spend to the cap. Teams are not going to spend anywhere near the cap. If you're only making a fraction of what you're usually making, you're going to cut costs. We already saw this in the last week where teams are furloughing employees. They're um, cutting percentages of coaches' salaries, staff salaries. They're letting people go. It's just a nature of the economics of the business where they can't staff 100% of the people and give them 100% of their pay if they're not making 100% of the money. So it's just a nature of the beast. And this will eventually trickle down to roster and how you make up your team. And you can see it already. Teams are starting to kind of maneuver themselves Pittsburgh is trying to make some moves other teams are fishing for players and it's a time like this where if you're a team who wants to make a push and if you're a couple players away you can take advantage of this situation it's just like the stock market when the stock market drops everybody sells because they're nervous it's always the people who have the least amount of money and who are in the toughest position like I'm I'm losing everything we got to sell so we don't lose everything ah and they panic the people who take advantage or the people who have a little bit more money and aren't as at a big of a risk. And this is what you're going to see. The smaller market teams can't keep these guys on their roster. They can't keep paying these guys the money that they're going to have to pay them. So they're going to have to trade them. And if you're a bigger market team, a team who's a little bit more secure in taking a hit for the next two or three years, if you have a good GM, you can make some smart decisions right now. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, 
Like right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE, that's $5 off your zero delivery fees of your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's Blue Wire for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Do it now because next week when you do it, it won't be as sweet as deal. It happens all the time. So go check out DoorDash and enter Blue Wire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE to watch the Buffalo Bills destroy the New England Patriots this year. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code BLUEWIRE. So I was just looking at the teams who are in salary cap crunch. Tim, who who do you think has is carrying the the highest salary right now? The highest salary uh, for I next guess, year. Sorry, for next year, which yeah. team has the least amount of cap space? I would guess like Pittsburgh would be up there. Toronto, Boston. Yeah, those good teams who are like yeah, arguably Stanley Cup contenders. I, I would think so too. I would think maybe um, Washington would be up there. They got some yeah. high mark. Edmonton maybe. Tampa. The Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> of course. The Anaheim Ducks have the least least amount of cap space out there. So their projected cap space, their cap hit right now is eighty one million and twenty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Who's that even on? Listen to their salaries for next season. Ryan Getzlaff, $8.25 million. Adam Enrique, $5.825. Jakob Silverberg, $5.25. David Backus, $4.5. Ricard Raquel, $3.789. Danton Heinenen, $2.8. On the back end, this is what surprised me. Cam Fowler, do you remember him? Yeah, he's a good player. He used to be really like okay. How much do you think he makes? I would guess like around three and a half, maybe four. Six and a half million for the next six years. What? <laughs> what? Isn't that insane? Do you remember when he got drafted? I don't, but I'm sure you do. Tell well, us. he was he was drafted. I want to say the year that Taylor Hall went first overall, and Sagan was second. I think he was projected to go third, maybe fourth. And he fell to like 16th or something. And I remember watching the live draft and they kept showing his face because he was just getting like more and more depressed that he was getting passed over. It's like a really funny video. I'll tweet it out. Um, and eventually he went to the Ducks and he, he's had a pretty good career. Good, not great. Um, but six and a half, I definitely had no idea. Six and a half for six years. Like that's a, a Josh Manson who doesn't get you many points, who's a physical defenseman, kind of like, um, who do we just say? What's his face from Boston? McQuaid. Kind of like McQuaid. a McQuaid. He's making 4.1. They have so many bad contracts like this. Hampus Lindholm is making 5.25. Anyways, I'm dwelling on this. So if Anaheim was a team who were to make a move, they can't. 
They cannot make a move. Nobody's going to take on one of these contracts. And that's not even including Ryan Kessler's albatross of a contract that'll be off the books. So anyways, a team that I look at that you could take advantage of right now who will have to cut their salaries and they do have some good players is the Arizona Coyotes. So if I'm a team who wants to make a move, if I'm the Boston Bruins and I'm looking for a scoring winger, if I'm the Winnipeg Jets and I'm looking for some defensive help, if I am another team who wants some offense, some Edmonton Oilers, some secondary scoring, I am calling up the Arizona Coyotes right now. I'm making a play for uh, Christian Dvorak, a Lawson Krause, a Clayton Keller on the back end. I'd be, I'd be making calls for Jacob Chiktron, their young stud who they love. He signed for 4.6 for the next five years. That's not a bad deal for a, a defenseman of his caliber. So I don't know. I just think the opportunity is there for teams to take advantage. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I mean, are they, are they going to part with any of those guys, though? That's the question. I mean, Taylor Hall, I think, is out the door. He's going to be the number one free agent for sure. Um, even if he if even if he ends up signing back in Arizona, he said he likes it there. But I, I gotta assume he's gonna you know test the market. Um, they guess they got a couple of bad contracts too. Goligoski's making five and a half. Grabner, he's a good player, but he's making over three. Nick Smaltz making five point eight. Like really? See, they, those contracts are they look bad now that there's a um, a salary cap freeze. But if the salary cap were to have kept increasing, this year would have been 83 to 4 million. The year after, it would have been 85, 86, and then it would have been up to 90. So you would have been talking about a $5 million contract on a $90 million cap. It doesn't look as bad when, you, when you're talking in those terms. But when you have a cap freeze and you can't spend that much money, those contracts become so heavily weighted. So that's what I mean, where it is an opportunity. And if they do roll back the salaries like they talked about, $5 million turns into $4 million. And now we're talking in three, four years when the cap increases, it's a good contract. So I don't know. If I'm a team, I'm looking at the Carolina Hurricanes roster. I'm immediately calling them about trading for one of the defensemen. You mentioned yeah. Dougie Hamilton, Jakob Slavin, Brady Shea, Jake Gardner. I don't know how he's not a Norris nominee. These guys have decent contracts. I know they all make $4 million plus. But if I'm a defensive star of team like the Winnipeg Jets, I'm calling Carolina. I'm trying to offer a Patrick Line for two of these guys on the back end. Line for Dougie Hamilton and Jake Gardner. Like that makes sense to me. You're giving away some money. You're taking on a little bit. You're getting two stud defensemen in turn. And you're getting rid of a guy who isn't really working out there. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to kind of go through these lineups. The Edmonton Oilers, they have some cap space. They're in negotiations, negotiations right now with Pittsburgh for Matt Martin or Matt Murray, excuse me. Yep. I think that's smart. I think that's smart by Edmonton. They know they have a window. They have a terrible glaring weakness between the, between the pipes. Go and get a goalie right now. Matt Murray, there's not going to be any cap. He's going to take a hit on his salary when you sign him. I think he's a restricted free agent. You can get him for pennies on the dollar. I don't know. I know there's more there than this, but I just think it's interesting that we are in this atmosphere where money it's it's become such a big driving force now Tory Krug all these free agents Taylor Hall they are going to take such a huge hit on their contracts and I don't think they realize it once they get a contract offer how big it's going to be I think even myself I thought oh Krug's going to get seven or eight 
usually he's going to get five or six now, maybe six and a half. I think he's going to get offered four and a half, five million dollars. No, no, maybe one team will step up and give him six. I don't see him getting higher than six, six and a half. I would give him five, five and a half. I know I just said four and a half. That seems low, but like five five and a half, the Bruins would sign him. Well, there you go. That's why I said a few episodes ago, the Bruins could have a possibility of signing him back because their market won't be there for him. If owners know they're not going to make any money for the next two years, there's no way they're going to sign a guy for $7 million. They can't do it. They can't do it at all when they're not having any income. It's just impossible. So this is an opportunity for teams to make moves. You know, you, you bite the bullet for a few years and you lose some money. Then you win the Stanley cup in two years or even when you get them. So it just teams that have set themselves up nicely. Even the Colorado Avalanche have a ton of cap space. My Stanley Cup pick this year, the New Jersey Devils, have a ton of cap space. The Buffalo Sabres, who everyone dumps on, they actually are in a pretty good space. If they wanted to, they could spend close to $35 million. Wow. They're going to have a good draft pick in this year's draft. They have a good young core. If they could just get out from under Kyle Poso and Jeff Skinner, those two guys make $15 million combined and they're just, I don't want to say useless. Jeff Skinner is not a $9 million player. No, he's not, but he's, he's a good player though. Like he scores a lot of goals for $9 million. No, no, there's no way. Are you kidding me? When Jack Eichel makes $10 million and he's 10 times the player that Skinner ever was. Skinner scored 40 goals last year though. One time he scored 40 goals. One time he scored 40 goals. He scored 37 a few years back. Like, he's not like, this. not a total fluke thing. He's been over 30 four or five times. Yeah, I just. He's not worth nine. That's for sure. There's no argument so, okay. to be made there. Here are the top salaries in the league. And I'm going to tell you guys who make $9 million. Do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. And I'll, let me How start. many of those are those terrible contracts that the uh, Red Wings have? Applicator. Right. Carey Price. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Steve Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov. All these guys are in the nine million range from nine to 10. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Bed, Leon Dreinsidel, Logan Couture, Justin Falk, Mark Stone. Wait, where did, sorry, who was the last one? Jared Spurgeon was the last $9 million guy. And then you have, what's his face? Jeff Skinner. So he doesn't fit in that list. He doesn't fit in that list at all. He does not deserve – anyways, I'm not going to bag on him. Good for him to get a good contract, but what a boner of a contract by that GM. Botterill. No wonder they fired him. But if they could get out from under him, maybe sign him, eat some money, get rid of him, get rid of Ocposo, that's your freeing up 15 more schmill, maybe eat five or six of it. I don't know, man. I don't know. His cap hit is $10 million and he makes nine. Anyways, Tim, I, I just think the opportunity is there. I really do. I know I'm dwelling on this. I think it's, I'm like a cap nerd where I kind of get geeked out on this, where you can kind of just figure out, okay, well, we can do this. We can do that. We can sign this player for what we should do a draft. Oh, I love doing drafts. So we should. Fun. We've got some requests about some recently. Ooh. I, so what did your mom say? <laughs> no, it was a tweet from a fan. I don't know if it was your fan or my fan. We'll just call it our fan. I love when you say we got some requests. It was like one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So when you were in the league, did you look at the salary cap and play GM in your head? Like, oh, God, if we could just trade this guy or trade for that guy and make some moves. Like, did, or do you just totally just 
just tune out to that stuff. Well, I don't think you play cap geek, but you're aware of when you sign a guy, how it affects your team. So if you're a GM, if I'm sitting in Buffalo and my GM signs Skinner for seven years, $7 million or $63 million, whatever it is, I'm thinking to myself, how does that affect my team? What's our cap space moving forward? And is that a good or bad move? And you're talking about it with the other guys. Like if I'm sitting in the room with, I was there with Otter, I'm like, oh man, they just signed Vanek for that much money. Oh, woof. Like that's not good. So you definitely know the state of your team. Like if, if Connor McDavid's sitting there, he knows his team's garbage, you know, and he knows they can't really do anything because they have some big contracts on there. And he's just kind of shaking his head. And I'm sure he goes and talks to the GM and voices his opinion a little bit as much as he can. But yeah, you, you don't go on cap. Well, I didn't, but you don't go on there, but you know who you have and how much money you have and you know, who you could get for that money and this and that. So guys talk about it a little bit. I'm sure they talk about it more with the internet and the way things information moves and kids are losers nowadays and they don't really have a life. So I'm sure they sit there and analyze everything and play video games and not have any fun, but yeah. But like back in the day of the deadline when there's one, I mean, you know, whatever, five, 10 years ago when there's like a Gabarik or a Ginla or whatever, someone, one of those guys who's like going to be traded at the deadline. Are you watching that hoping he's going to come to your team or is it just kind of like, Hey, whatever happens, happens, not my job. Well, no. Yeah. If, if you're in a position, it's funny. I was never in the position where if we acquired a guy that I wasn't going to be benched. So I was like, if I was playing steady and I, we were in the market for someone like, oh man, hopefully we don't get anybody because I know for sure I'm going to be benched. And <laughs> yeah, we got another defense whenever we got a forward and sure enough, I'd just be stapled to the bench. It happened in Chicago. When we were on that Stanley Cup run. I would play good. I was playing in the playoffs and then we'd get Marcus Kruger from Europe, comes in, didn't even practice and plays in the game seven. I'm like, great. Thanks, coach. Good, good choice. So you're aware of it. And if you're a top guy at first or second line, you want to add pieces because you want them to help your team. But if you're a fourth line guy, like, God, oh, don't get anybody else because it just pushes <laughs> you off the, out of the lineup. So, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, just a part of the business. But I guess at the end of the day, you do want guys to improve your team. It's just me selfishly wanting to keep playing. But you obviously you want to win at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird business. It's 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 very rare. No one sees that in the regular workplace. It's like, are you nervous about someone coming in next week and taking your job? No. 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 It's it's a constant worry in hockey in the middle of the season, especially if you're a bottom six guy. You're consistently worried about someone coming up and taking your spot or getting traded or it's just it, – it gnaws at you. It's just this little thing that eats at you. So – I don't know. It's there's no job security in hockey. Even if you have a one year one way contract, you can still get sent down. You can still get traded. You can still get moved around. It's just you're never sat. You're never satisfied with where you're at. That's all I'll say. That you're always kind of sitting on eggshells, walking on eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You don't understand, Tim. I don't. I don't. That's why you have a podcast to tell us this stuff. You're so spoiled. It doesn't. It, you don't <laughs> sleep very good. I say this, my first five years of my league, I was a nervous wreck. And then my last eight or, or four, I was more relaxed. I was more kind of solidified in my role. I'm like, eh, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I was pretty happy. But, uh, and yeah, the moment I relaxed, I got traded to Montreal and sent down to St. John's. So <laughs> I didn't think I was going to go anywhere that year. I was like, I'm, I'm locked in here. Are you kidding me? I'm going to the All-Star game. Life is good. What can go wrong? We're in first place in the Pacific. And then, pfft. See you later. Never get complacent. That's, that's what I'll say. I'll say. All the kids out there, keep working hard. 
was a good lesson there. It is a good lesson. But anyways, any update on the game, Tim? Um, it is still zero zero in the middle of the second. Yeah. I think. Gosh, I am amazed that Vegas has not scored any more goals. Yeah, you know what I mean. Them in Colorado were the offensive juggernauts. It would be. It'll be amazing if Dallas just kind of beats them both. It'll. It'll be one of the biggest playoff runs I think in history where you have two teams that were the legitimate favorites to win the Stanley cup at the beginning of the season. They both make the playoffs. Everyone thinks they're going to win. And then one team knocks them both off. I think that will be quite the feat if Dallas is able to do this. So I don't know, like Al said yesterday, I'm hoping for, uh, I'm hoping for Pavs and the Dallas stars. Speaking of playoffs, we had a game seven coming up tomorrow, Boston versus Toronto. Yeah. Not hockey, but basketball. That's right. It's this, this basketball series, I'm not a big basketball guy. It's been exciting. I can't stand Marcus Smart. I really can't. I can't stand Kyle Lowry. So, One night when we were in Boston, we went out, and I saw Marcus Smart. And he was out. I'm like, who is this guy? He must have been a rookie at the time. I think he had just got called out, or he was just, just signed with Boston. He might have just been a college his first year. He rolled in with his boss. I'm like, who is this dude? And he like was eyeballing everybody. I'm like, this guy is such a weirdo. I was where were you? Beat him up. I don't know. I was probably after. I don't know where we were, but uh, like a restaurant yeah. or the garden. No, I was at a restaurant. Maybe like a pub afterwards. I can't remember. But um, I almost beat him up just because how he looked at me. <laughs> like, who is this dude? And someone's like, he plays for the Celtics. I'm like, he's not that tall. Like, what? He's like flexing. I was like, buddy, get out of here. I dummied Sean Thornton the next day just because of that. (laughs) Boston losers. (laughs) But I love Boston, which is the strangest thing. I love that town. I honestly do. I don't like the Celtics. I never liked Kevin Garnett. I thought he was a showboat. Never really cared for him. And I I loved the Bruins growing up. I don't know. I don't get it. You tell me. Don't like the Red Sox. Always, always. But I I liked um, David Ortiz. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm an enigma wrapped in a question. I don't understand it. You're such a complicated man, John. I'm so complicated. I'm so complicated. I need a therapist just to work through my issues. I honestly do. That would be a long session. It costs a lot. <laughs> I can't afford that. Anything, yeah. anything else, Tim? No. No. You watching any good uh, shows or movies lately? I just watched the movie Fatima about the, uh, the Fatima Marian apparition, Marian miracle in a... Uh, what South America? Portugal. Yeah, oh, Portugal. Portugal. It was pretty cool. If you'd never seen it, go check it out. It's cool. called Fatima. Very good watch. Really, really good. Just watched that last night, actually. What about you? What about you, Tim? What's on your DVR? Uh-huh, yeah, the DVR. I'm watching the show called Dark on Netflix. It's, uh, it's in German, so it's, it's like it's like dubbed so over. so progressive. Oh, my goodness. But, no, no, no. It's not like a weird like indie foreign movie. But it's uh, a really good show, and it's... Uh, it was like recommended if you like True Detective. If you watch that one, I have um, you should. That was really good. And like some other shows like that, the uh, not the Departed, the the Leftovers. So um, it's really good. But some missing kids go, little kids go missing in this German town, and trying to figure out like what the what's going on there. Um, and it's like I'm. It's fascinating. It's so well done. I'm like thinking about it all day. I'm not going to comment on the fact that it's based in Germany and your fascination with German history. Um, well, good for you, Tim. That sounds nice. And subtitles, you're into that. Yeah. Yep. I don't mind subtitles either. I think it's, uh, it doesn't bother me at all. 
I use subtitles so, even for English stuff. Oh, because your ear. Yeah, but I like I like following along. I like making sure I know exactly what they're saying. For our listeners who don't know, I don't I don't know if I should share this, Tim. But Tim has a little bit of a hearing issue, so he wears a hearing aid. Yeah, both both ears, hearing impaired. Hearing yeah. impaired. So are you legally deaf or are you just hearing impaired? No, I think I'm legally deaf. Yeah. Could um, you get one of those parking passes? <laughs> no. I mean I oh. doesn't hand it's not I'm not handicapped. No. Uh but I'm probably there probably are some perks that I should be able to use that I've not really even thought about. I wonder what there is for the hearing impaired. What kind of perks? And I'm not saying it in like a fun-loving way, but in a serious question, I wonder what there is. Because my father-in-law is—he's—he's he's deaf. Like he had a issue at his um, when he was born, where they used the things and pinched his ears, and he can't hear a thing. And he's tried operations, he's tried hearing aids, and it, they don't work. So he like he can't hear anything, which is terrible. Only certain pitches and stuff. So I wonder what kind of um, stuff you can do. I don't know. That's yeah. for another another show. Maybe not even a show, just a personal conversation. Maybe this, we've gone too far. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I don't mind talking about it. Anyways, everybody, on that note, thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. Uh, and have a good week, everybody. Uh, cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile or yard, you could, you could you could say, to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can even Get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sportbook experts.